Hello and welcome to the RevOps show. We should call this episode the lost one because about a year ago, Jess and Doug had this discussion and then realized at the end that they weren't recording. But since that day, we've learned so much more. And if it wasn't for the episode being lost, we wouldn't have this stronger one for you today. So grab some coffee or a snack and let's get into the concept of red work versus blue work. Jess! Doug! Jess, today, I, it, it is so, am- I don't know what I did to deserve today. What, second RevOp show recording in a week? Two RevOp show recordings in in a 48-hour a- period, Jess. In like, oh, 50 hours, I guess, because we did. Yeah, we did the other before. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 the gods are smiling on me. I, I don't know what I did to deserve this. Clearly, I am, clearly, but I am grateful. I am grateful for this. And pumped. I am pumped. pumped. I, am. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I thought we had a really good yep. episode last time. We did. We did. It was a rant. I, although you, yeah, you told me I can't rant. You told me we have to go back to other topics, and I'm not allowed to rant anymore. Or I'm, yeah, I need exactly. To be on any, I need to take a rant sabbatical, I think is what you told me. I, I, something, something along those lines. Yeah. That's probably okay. nicer than what I said. And, and, and I thought, well, why don't you ask me to just stop breathing? <laughs> Accurate. Things are happening, Jess. Things are happening. Things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a lot of exciting stuff going on. A lot so of what's happening in Jessland these days? We haven't had any, uh, in just land conversations in just land wow um trying to keep kids alive trying to keep myself alive that's the long and the short of it so how many how many more weeks of school before summer starts for them i think we have four weeks four weeks that's all wow yeah four weeks and then a week off and then camp have you ever thought about and doing then sleepover camp no, I don't think we would. We're not. We're. I don't. I don't think I would be comfortable with that. That's actually where I would Wait, have a hard on. time. Hold on. I thought you didn't. I thought you didn't have that. That gene. That worry gene. That that gene I do have. I do have that gene. Yeah. Yeah. So no, they Did do. You know they do I all went, day camp, but not sleep away. I went to eight week summer camp. From age six to age sixteen. Wow. They go to eight week summer camp. It's just not sleepaway camp. They're gone all day. It's like a school day, basically. You know, I went, I went on day one, and I got picked up on day fifty six, I guess. And and parents' day, visiting day was in between. So technically, ah. the camp had two four week sessions. Probably about eighty mm-hmm. percent of the kids were there for all eight weeks. And you know, well, yeah. I mean, I had I had a grand old time. I. It was, um, it was, it was, it was a boys summer camp, Camp Skycrest in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, the Poconos. Um, what? It's just very stereotypical. Like, like. It was not a fish. It wasn't a fish. Okay. Jewish summer camp. Well, you know why that's so stereotypical? You know, you know why all the camps were there? No, I don't. Well, I mean, it's. It, it's um, Catskills, Poconos, et cetera. It's beautiful terrain. It's a nice place. It's got, um, yeah. you know, it, it's very summer friendly. Um, the land yeah. was very inexpensive. So to have a eight week summer camp, you had to have a lot of land. Right. right. And, and how do you keep the cost down at eight week summer camp, especially back in the seventies into the eighties, no air conditioning. So you've got to be in a, and, and, you know, the camps that existed yeah. even before that, when air conditioning you gotta be in a place. Thing, you're going to, you you're going to do place. it in the summer. It has to be somewhere where, you know, yeah. you can't So have, not San Antonio. Yeah. Not San Antonio. Exactly. So my kids are actually going to two separate camps this year. Cause my older one has the camp she's gone to every year. And it's a completely outdoor camp from 8am until as long as we let her stay till like seven Outside yeah. in San Antonio. She loves it. My little one went last year and complained about the heat. So she's going and, to an indoor camp. <laughs> and, and, and so it, 
it, it, it actually gave me a whole bunch of advantages. Um, one of it was, you know, when you get into high school, there are things that come up that you might be going away for a weekend or you're doing this or that. Yep. Well, most of the people that were going to those things, that was the first time they were ever away from, like, I mean, maybe they slept over at someone's house, but like to be a distance away. And so they would go through their whole homesick thing. And and to me, it was like, this is no big deal. Right. Um, The, the crazy thing was, and I, and I, and I really wish I knew how much parents lie to their kids when I was a kid. (laughs) I actually have this really cool, um, drawing it's um i used to believe my parents knew everything but that was until i realized how much shit i make up to get through the yeah day my- yeah but, you know, like one of it i loved having spaghetti as a kid i love spaghetti and so mm-hmm. my mom would say that if i didn't behave she wouldn't make spaghetti now i realize spaghetti's about the easiest thing you can make so right i don't i yeah. think she was bluffing but here's the biggest part. so i'm eight weeks boys we you know we had a softball team we played other camps we had a softball team we had a soccer right. team actually we started a street hockey team did, did a whole you know uh, go-karts canoe right. down the delaware river all this stuff going on all boys eight weeks well i came back i had the vocabulary of a sailor <laughs> and i was this this and my you know probably roughly about two to three weeks back every year my mom would say something like, Douglas, if you don't clean up your language, you are not going back to camp next year. Mm-hmm. Right? Knowing what I know now, I wish I could go back in time. Because my response And not clean up your language. Oh, yeah? What the... <laughs> are you going to do about it? Right? Because I am pretty sure <laughs> that she was sending me back to camp. <laughs> You can imagine she enjoyed, what I was like. She enjoyed camp. you being at camp as much as you enjoyed being at camp. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think she enjoyed me being at camp far more than I enjoyed being at camp. I can't, I, 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 I can't imagine. Can't imagine. You know, Jess, I haven't always been so easy to work with. <laughs> Have you not? Wow. Easy. That's a, that's a word. I don't know if it's the word I'd use, but it's a word. <laughs> so I have a title for today's episode. Oh, you do? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know what it is? Sure. Rev Up Show, <laughs> the lost episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That should be the title. 100%. So do you want to tell everybody this why, why this is the lost episode? Yeah, we, we've, we've talked about this topic before for about 49 minutes if memory serves and as i was wrapping up and and calling out my key takeaways from the episode you say to me jess please don't be mad (laughs) and proceed to share with me that you forgot to hit the record button (laughs) on the episode so we we had our little studio thing and we were still working out that was when we had the studio thing so i couldn't see i don't think i had visibility to if we were recording or not or at least it wasn't in bold um and so yeah you and i got to have a really nice conversation about the topic for today (laughs) so if if you're wondering if you're wondering that was july 1st 2022 oh really so it's been almost a year almost it's been almost a year wow and I know wow. that because in preparation for today's episode, I pulled up the notes that I prepared for that uh, for that podcast. Great. Sweet. Awesome. So what are we talking about today? So today's topic, is, I want to talk about red work, blue work. Red work, blue work, me work, you work. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So first... I wanted to have you kind of tee up what is red work, blue work, and where does this concept for red work, blue work come from? So we learned the terms. So a lot of this conversation is inspired and framed from the book, uh, Leadership is Language by Dave Marquette or David Marquette. Um, I'm pretty sure this was his second book. His first book was Turn This Ship Around, which is the story of how he took over command of one of the lowest performing, um, like, 
consistently one of the lowest performing submarines, submarine stabs in the fleet and, and turn it into consistently. And after he left one of the top performing crews. So it comes from leadership as language okay. and it, and it falls under the play control the clock. By the way, I recommend this. This is one of, I'm pretty sure like if I could only recommend five books, this would be one of the five books that I would recommend from, from a business perspective. It, leadership is language. Leadership is language. Yeah. I would, I would say, you know, crossing the chasm is a great, um, is an all timer. Uh, thinking in bets is an all timer leadership and light leadership is language is an all timer. Cool. So, so what is red work and what is blue work? So the, the, the idea behind red work, blue work, um, is, you know, we, we, we have a tendency to think of work, right. Um, and, and we also have yep. a tendency to think of, of leaders and doers. So we have this, this aspect of how we view work and, you know, there, there's still so much of what we do today that that's structurally based on an industrial revolution and an early industrial revolution age mindset. Um, and so, you know, if we go back a hundred years, if we go back 40, 50, 60 years, what, if you go into a company, you'll see that, that there is the executive part of the company, the white collar worker, and then there's the doing part of the company. Um, there, there used to be the executive dining room. There was the executive washroom, right? And, and, yep. and the reality was executives did what Marquette dubs as blue work. Yep. Um, workers did the red work. And, and, and by the way, one of the things, so if you think about what was a core element of what, what was a core element of um, a core piece of success with an industrial age mindset? It, it was a very machine. Um, it was a machine metaphor, right? And, and, and so, you know, we worked an assembly line. Our job right. was to punch, do this job, repeat it, do it the same again and again and again. So it's all about doing. The red work was all about doing. It was about avoiding errors. Yeah. On that in a second. And it was about execution. What was the best way? What's the simplest way to avoid errors? Errors. Eliminate variance. Right. Humans aren't good at eliminating variance because they think. So one of the core, one of the core um, philosophies, rules of industrial age thinking is don't think. And so much, I mean, from our educational system to how we think about authority, organizations, et cetera, is built on the idea that there's an, there's a play, there's a group of people that, that are, don't, don't think, by the way, there's, there's an old phrase. I don't pay you to think. Right. Yep. Right. And, and so yep. the way you looked at a business was this group of people thought this group of people did. Yep. And, and then further the number of, of systems and structures that were created made the mm -hmm. two never meet. Right. Right. And so what we tend to think of as work, we, it falls into the category of red work, even as individual contributors, even those that are in thinking, and, and by the way, more and more and more, a higher and higher percentage of, of, of job functions require thinking because you know, certainly machines, even, even before the microchip, even before the digital age, machines took over more and more of the redundant repetitive work. But as the microchip has come in and now with the advances in AI, those things that don't require thought are done better by other aspects. And so, um, and, and, you know, um, W. Everett's Deming in, in, you know, total quality management was no, you know, if you're on the line, you're supposed to think, you know, it's, you're not supposed to have inspector 11. If you know, something's going wrong. Um, but, but when we think about productivity, we think about how many things that I get done today. Right. Yeah. If we think about, did you have a productive day today? What's your, you know, what, what, what is your industrial age trained mind do you go and you create, whether you have a physical or mental to-do list. And you think how many things did I check off? Right. Right. And if I tell you, so on this day, you checked off 10 things on this day, you checked off one thing, which day was more productive.
the day that I checked off 10 things. Right. And, and I would say the vast majority of people would, would say that. Um, yeah. I would say if you gave me that question, my, my, my initial response would be 10 things, right? I don't, but the right, the right, right. question to that question is you haven't given me enough information. Okay. Because yeah. one getting one thing done is very often far more productive than getting 10 things done. Right. Right. So blue work, that's the thinking. Yeah. That, that's about achieving excellence. That's about yep. planning. It, that's about diagnosing. That's about innovating. That's about improving. So, so here's something that people don't get because everybody loves to innovate. And I love it. You got the same person is talking about innovation, 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 innovate or die. And then they go, be efficient or die. I'm like, okay, well, I can't do those both because those are <laughs> not the same thing. But everyone's right. talking about, oh my God, look at the massive um, acceleration of AI. Look at the massive right. acceleration of large language models. And this is my favorite. I've seen many, many people, smart people talk about this new form of AI, large language models. Guess what, everybody? Large language models have been around for decades. To get them to work, there was a lot of blue work that goes into it. Doesn't look very productive from the outside, right? And, and, and so the, the reality in, in the world that we're in today, in the jobs that we have today, in, in, in what's happening today, the value is actually created in the blue work. It's exploited and extracted in the red work. There needs to be a balance of both. You can't succeed with just blue work. You can't succeed with just red work. What we have a tendency to do is to conflate and, and intermingle red work and blue work together in the same flows and motions. So we're red working, blue working, red work. You know. Hey, I need to build out a workflow. I open it up. I open up the application. I go to the workflow development spot and I start okay, what enrollment criteria? Okay, well, okay, we're going to need this and we're going to need this and we're going to need this. And then I enter the next thing and then I go, I'll take this and right. And, and, and if you see what I'm doing, right. I'm red working and then I'm blue working right. and I'm red working and I'm blue working and I'm red working. And what happens, yep. what, what I'm going to, to kind of frame this up for the future, what happens with red work is, mm -hmm. you know, one of the keys to red work is, 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 is very segmented focus, which leads to myopia, right? So too much red work leads to myopia, become very myopic. Blue yep. work is about, Stepping back, it's about viewing the whole. Yeah. Um, I would say that red work is about speed. Mm -hmm. Blue work is about velocity. Okay. It's a new take. That was not it is. in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you say red work is about speed and blue work is about velocity? Because that is a new concept to me. <laughs> so what is the difference between speed and velocity? Speed is how fast are you going? Speed is right. get shit done. Speed is I got 10 things checked off on my to-do list. Okay. And by the way, because I only got one thing checked off, what I did is I turned that into 15 things so I could check off 15 things. Right. Right. And how many times we do that, right? Velocity is how fast are we going towards a vector? So, it's, you know, right. speed is how fast are we going? Velocity is how long did it take to get there? Speed is about the hair. Velocity is the tortoise. Okay. Right. And, and, and so red work is about get shit done. Like let's build a thing that can enable us to go faster, to get from point A to point B faster. Right. The difficulty is where I need to be is point C. So I'm in Boston and I figure out a way to get to Miami in record speed. The difficulty is I need to be in San Francisco. <laughs> now, now, now we laugh, but if you right. think about, if you think about waterfall to agile, waterfall to agile is an aspect of a red work, blue work and how they intermix philosophy, right? Waterfall right. is we do all the blue work up front. Then mm -hmm. we focus on efficiency through here, mm -hmm. right? And, and predictability and everything, and then we get halfway in and all of a sudden it's like, wait, we're in the completely, we're in the completely wrong place. The 1980s was about efficiency in manufacturing. It was very, very, very red work. 
right? It, yeah. was, it was about run machines. Efficiency was measured by yield. Yield was how much for each machine, what was its production capacity? How much production did we have? But then we right. had bottlenecks and constraints. So all of a sudden mm-hmm. things got backed up and you also produced excess inventory because, you know, the demand wasn't there necessarily yet or, and that, that inventory, especially as technology and innovation came in, all of a sudden got, you know, became worthless faster. And, and so, you know, that, that, that created that problem. So red work is all about get shit done. Blue work is right. all about, are we doing the right stuff? Right. Right. Um, you don't have velocity without speed. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I got you. Um, so you talked a little bit about this. So are you saying that you shouldn't do red work and blue work simultaneously? I think I am, but okay. what's the, so I was going to get opposing to, view or what's like, the implication? What's the situation? So I get, so you use the workflow example. So of I'm, I'm in the workflow and I'm figuring out to roll my criteria and I'll put this here and, and that there. Like, why is that a bad thing? Why is that bad that I'm kind of mixing blue work and red work? Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of things wrong with it in, in, in there. First off, you don't do either one particularly well. You're not efficient. When you're doing both. Yeah, okay. you're, not, you're not efficient because you're, you're stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting. Yep. Right. So, so you're not like, there are times where we, I know this is going to be hard to believe Jess. I think this happened before you were here. We, we had made a mistake on something <laughs> and, and it needed to be done for someone by a certain time. And right. so I was like, Hey, don't worry about it. We got, I'm going to go. And I just cranked shit out. Right. That was all red work. Boom, 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 boom. Right. right. Um, but if you're doing red work and blue work, you can't, you're not doing that. Right. Right. Blue work requires space. Blue yeah. work requires disruptive type thinking. You're breaking things apart. You're, you're, when you're red working, blue working, you're, you're, you're becoming myopic. You're getting. Right. You, you get to the point where you can't see the forest through the trees. You can't keep a plot. Well, cause frankly, you haven't set a plot and everything's just so, so you're not particularly good at either one of them. And, and additionally, then when it comes to, okay, well, what do we do about it? A lot of tech debt is because of this. Okay. Well, what do we do about it? I don't know what we do about it. Cause I'm not really clear on what we did to get there. Right. Cause there was no plan. There was no hypothesis there. Like forming a hypothesis is a, is, is a blue work thing. Then we can run the hypothesis. We can get to red work. Right. So part of the hypothesis is we're going to, you know, we, we, we establish a time period. Here's what everyone says to me. The problem is I don't know when to check in. The problem is I don't know when we should assess. Right. That's a sign that you didn't do blue work. So what, what's yeah. happening. So if you think about like, you know, we talk about the inverse friction principle. Yeah. The ease or effortlessness of a user's experience has an inverse relationship. Yep. To the amount of blue work that went into creating you know, so now why don't we do this? Well, we don't do this because we're too busy and we don't have enough time to do that. Right. Sure. Someone once said to me that we can't map out our workflows on paper. I'm sorry. What they said to me, if I remember correctly now is that's a great idea. We should map out our workflows on paper before we build them. But I don't have the time for that. We don't have the time for that. I can't even keep up with what we have and you're asking me to do another thing. Yeah. Somebody did Someone say that to you once. Pretty vehement. Yeah. They, they did. Said, and I said, do it once and tell me what happens. And that person said, no, I, did. Not, I don't have time. And I said, just do it once and tell me what happens. And then they did it once and they said, I don't like you. It's an accurate play by play. Yep. <laughs> See, if I had to sum, summarize blue work mm-hmm. in one word, it's pause. Yeah. 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 When, when our, like, so when we go into red work to, to be, 
great at red work. We, we wanted, we don't want to do thinking, thinking and red work are very, you know, very close, if not precisely opposites. Right? Yeah. What happens is like, so, so practicing is blue work. Playing is red work. Why does a golfer take yep. a thousand shots every day? Why is a golfer when they're doing their practice round taking shots that they shouldn't take in that moment? Because yep. they're working on different, because you never know what's going to happen when it plays. And so once it matters, if you have to think about it, you're done. You know, we talk about this in communication. I call it the tennis ball theory of communication. If I have one ball and I toss it to you nicely, you're likely going to catch it. Why? Because the stimulus is toss, catching is response. Mm -hmm. But if I, if right. I toss two balls to you, we're mixing blue work and red work. The red work is catching. Okay. The blue work is deciding which ball to catch. So in, in the one ball, stimulus response, it works great. When I have yep. two balls, it's stimulus. Now you have to pause. But the yep. pause is happening while the balls are in flight. And now yeah. it messes up your entire red work. So you become less productive. And by the way, you become stupider. No, I, I don't mean you it. become I don't stupider. Mean it figuratively. I don't mean it figuratively. I mean, when no, you I understand you don't. Red, when you are mixing red work and blue work, your IQ is dropping. Because is that because you're having the, the red work doesn't take as much uh, thought thought to it, so you're at, you're bringing yourself down to lowest common denominator. Is that why you say that? No, it's because you. Uh, Bringing red work and blue work together is is a devastating form of multitasking. It requires two distinctly different areas of the brain. It's two distinctly different functions. If I'm trying to hit a baseball and I have to think about it, the ball's in the catcher's mitt before I can yep. respond. Yep. Right? So so what I'm doing in my blue work is I'm building muscle memory. Now, now by the way, they've hooked up golfers to brain MRI machines and had them hit golf balls. And there is a complete correlation between the level of brain activity and the quality of the shot. Mm -hmm. The lower the brain activity, the higher quality of the shot. Thinking is very hard for us to do. Thinking taxes our brain. Blue work is thinking. Yep. So what, when we're thinking and doing, our, our minds and our bodies are great, are amazing doing machines. We have tremendous, we, we're, we're, pheno we're phenomenal at heuristics. Mm -hmm. Computers have nothing on us when it comes to heuristic, mm -hmm. right? But what happens is we, our, our thought processes, et cetera, get in our own way, right? We, right. What, it, what is slow the game down? Slow the game down is stop thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Well, you can't slow the game down if you haven't done the things in advance, to be able to do that. And so what's happening yeah. is because you're doing while you're thinking, you can't think. Thinking is already hard. Yeah. What's five times three? 15. Yeah, but it took you a second. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, five times three is not hard. No. What's 22 times 58? Oh, Lord. I have right. no idea. Are you capable of doing that? Are you capable of figuring Probably. that out? Probably. Yeah, I am. You're capable yeah. of figuring that. I mean, in my experience, it might take you about an hour and a half, but you're capable of. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Um, right, but it's like, oh, I'm not even. Okay, so hold on, and you you can you can vouch for this. When we're in a mind map in our in our path mm -hmm. of how we build out the workflow. Yeah. Right, and we get one of those, so we start we start mapping it out, and I know yep. what people say is immediately like. Well, this is no different than just building it. And it's actually harder because I have to write more instead of right. just being able to click a button, right? Yep. Except we then start doing something and we go, okay, something's not right here. Right. Yeah. Right. And because we're in blue work and, and to some degree, because we're writing it out instead of just clicking on the mm -hmm. preset function, right. we're in a, okay, hold on. Let me think about this. Do I want to do this? We might even- right. Create one version over here, create that. Go, wait, okay, no, this one. Okay. Now you're in the tool. The same thing happens. The thought comes in. What do you do? I'm not saying you never go, okay, 
pause, stop. Right. But what you'd likely do there, there's, you're far, far, far more likely to go, uh, just keep going. Right. So what happened was what's 22 times 53 just, just posed to you. And I'm in red word. Yeah. Uh, Right. You're broken. (laughs) Yep. Actually, I think Marquette. Yeah. I think Marquette talks about the have making sure that you have a place to be able to pull the Andon cord to be able to pot. Like, so it's funny that you, you called it a pause because that's essentially what he's saying with that is you stop everything once an issue is identified and you, you make that switch, that meaningful switch to blue work. So, so I think there's two things on that. I think that you mm-hmm. have a pull the cord. Yep. Right. And do you remember when we were having some internal strife, people were getting, were, were feeling very under pressured, even to some degree, they were beginning to feel attacked in, in some of the internal conversations that were happening. And so yep. we, we, in, in a meeting with everybody, we said, okay, what, what we're going to do now is we're going to introduce the term pause. Yep. So if we're in the middle of conversation and someone feels as though, Hey, I'm not ready for this. I'm not a good, whatever you, you can say pause. And if someone says pause, the conversation is now stopped. It can be required yep. to be picked back up again, but without the express permission of the person who said pause, it cannot be continued. Right. Right. Yep. And everyone's like, okay, yes, yes. That's what we need. And they, yeah. Right. And everyone I think probably thought, I can't wait till I get to throw the pause down. And do you remember what happened right. after we introduced it? No one used pause. <laughs> do you do you remember who the first person to use it was? Was it you? Yeah, it was me. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It was several years later and I said, you know what? I'm gonna hit the pause button. And the reason was I don't want to say something that I'm gonna regret. Because we're getting to a place <laughs> where I'm about to say something that I realize Yeah. But but the point of it was what that pause button did with that by naming it and, and Marquette talks about this. You have to name it. So by pulling yeah. the cord, by naming it, by saying, we're going to call this pause. What that does is it gives me safety. Right. Yeah. Right. So now it's okay. Now. So that's one thing is name it, give that option. When you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing. And I was just talking with um, one of our people today and, and she said, you know, the problem I'm having is I'm not afraid to ask for help. I just don't know when I should ask for help. And, and I feel mm-hmm. like I end up asking for help too late. And so I suggested two yeah. things. First thing I said is I think we should stop using the word help. I think help has an unfortunate negative connotation. I'm in trouble. I need help. I'm not capable. Right. I need help. I said, you're not, right. you're not seeking help. You're seeking input. So that's my, right. I've been on that kick for about a month. So, but here's the second thing. Yo, you keep like, and, and she's even said this before, I'm trying to figure out and learn when I should ask for help. And, and the difficulty is there's never a help. You never get to the point where ding. Oh, time to ask for help. I, I had this exact same conversation with a different person this week. <laughs> so you know what you do? You know what the answer is? What's the answer? Build it into the plan. Yeah. Don't wait till you need input build input into it. And so I taught her about the 60% solution, right? Get it to 60%. Do the, get, and, and, and I, and I share with her, you know, you know how, like I'm working on something maybe for a, new, a homepage thing or something like that, that we're doing. And I'll send out like just, just the hero section of, or something. And people are like, well, I, I don't know what else is going to be there. Or, or they say it's missing a comma. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, cool. I, you don't even realize like literally all I'm doing is I, as part I mean, it's called rapid iteration. Yeah. Right. I'm getting, I want, I just want to get the first couple of, Hey, here, like one of the things to understand is momentum gets momentum. Right. Yeah. Right. So we keep trying to take it all the way to complete. What I want right. to do is, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to throw it to you. And right. you're going to throw it to me yep. and I'm going to throw it to you. And so if you think about, there's an element of blue work that's like playing hot potato. Yeah. If you hold the potato too long, you, you lose momentum. And so especially yep. if you're dealing with something new, if you're dealing with something disruptive, if you're dealing with something difficult, if you're dealing with something complex, bounce it back and forth. Yep. By the way, also, the more complex, the bigger the the, the task, the mm-hmm. more blue work you should do up front. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Plan up front, and then and then build pauses into it. So I know, like, hey, is this something that needs a daily pause? Is this something that needs a right. weekly pause? Is this something that needs yep. a biweekly? Or wait, daily, biweekly, weekly, biweekly. Get it? See what I did there? I did. I see right. what you did there. Right, and 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 so now I have now I have planned pauses. Well, guess what that does? Right, for me? gives me safety. Yeah. Right. It lets me realize. Do you know how you eat an elephant, Jess? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. So there you go. I've got so each red work segment. Okay, that's my bite. Right. Right. And and now so like if I'm on a weekly pause cycle, if I'm on a weekly iteration cycle, hey, I can only get lost for up like the maximum lost I can be is a week. And sometimes you know what happens when you do that? You get to that pause and you say, Hey guys, all good. I don't need anything unless anyone else is right. bad. We can skip this one. Yeah. And it is a hell, like, why do we do standing calls? Because it's a hell of a lot easier to say we don't need a call than to realize you. when you do and to try to then get it scheduled and so on and so forth. Sure. And by yep. the way, what's a standing call? It's a pause. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about where communication comes into play here. Cause I, I, so Marquette talks about this in the book as well like the way you communicate can influence how the person that you're communicating to the work they deliver back to you. So how do you, like we, the pause is, is a piece of this, I think, but how do we, how do we communicate what we're looking for as blue work or we're looking for here is red work. Can, can, can you give me a little bit more of an example or, or context to it um, or what your thought is from what he said? And I can comment on it because I'm, I'm not tracking. On it. So it's, I'm trying to think of a specific example. I don't know that I have one in my head, but like, like I've given someone a a task and what they, where, where I might want them to do something that is more thinking through. So, okay, I've got it. So like we have somebody do a process map. Okay. And we want them to kind of take the first step at step at that and actually do the blue work of the thinking through the collaborating, the working on to get to a shitty first draft they skip those steps and kind of get the whole map built out, which is more of the red work aspect of doing the work. Like, like how, how do you, how do you kind of drive that blue work mentality of actually doing the thinking through before jumping to the red work aspect? So, so I think a lot of that is structural. Mm -hmm. Um, So I could pick up some of where there's red work language but really that underlying problem is that they um, they were intermixing blue work, red work, didn't have planned pauses and, and they were, they were running for complete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about often is the plot and, and, and there's a plot to every call that we do. And mm-hmm. part of the plot of a call to me is what is it that I want to get from this call? Right. Now, especially in our earlier calls where we're doing deep dives, we'll learn things that we didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And there's an impulse, especially if you feel like the call is really going well, you got a good report, et cetera. There there is, you have an, you know, a lot of times you're, you're, the impulse is, well, let me go to that too. Let me add that to it. And, And I'm not saying you should never do that, but, but I am saying that part of your plot is what are you, what are you there for? What is complete? this kind of gets into our philosophy of, of CRM invitation, like levels of yeah. complete. So once I'm there, everything else I can follow up on. I want right. to identify it. I want it, but it, but if I start going into the unknown too much, right. So, so in essence, like our deep dive call, mm-hmm. you ready for this to fry your brain? It's our client's blue work. It's the leader of that call's red work. So when I'm running a deep dive, that's my red work. That is red work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pulling from you. That's blue work. That's your blue work. Yeah. Right. So when I go on or whatever, I'm now mixing red work, blue work, and the likelihood that I mess up or, or create chaos or an accident increases. I talk about this on, on, on a sales side, especially, especially earlier in calls. One of the most common mistakes that I see salespeople make actually all the way through the sales cycle 
is they do a little bit too much on every call. I call it, I, I, I call it know where your exit ramp is. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so what happens is I come in and I'm thinking about what, what, what my path to the sale is exit ramp one is here, but the call's going really well. And we've got this. And I'm like, Oh wait, I'm going to keep going. And I get, right. so I go past exit ramp one, exit one, but I don't get to exit two. Yeah. I run out of gas between exit one. And it, you know, it, it, it runs out of gas between exit one and exit two. Now right. I'm, now I'm out of gas in the middle of the highway. Right. That's a problem. Right. And it's like, yep. you know what, if you had ended it where you planned on ending it. Right. So, so that's what's happening there. Um, so structurally you're not building the pauses in. So you're not defining where those pause points are. All, it, it, it is a problem in the sales process. It's a problem in a lot of creative thinking is you, you have an idea of where the, be I guess you know where the beginning is because you've started doing something. Right. And, and you know where the end is. Right. And everything else is just kind of a black cavern. And so, so what happens with that, mm -hmm. right, and this is why we have waypoints in sailing, what happens with that is the middle is filled with uncertainty. You, you said something um, in our, in our blue team meeting, you said, you know, with ongoing programs, you said something about when you find yourself in the middle of the middle, of the middle, <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. And, and being able to listen to that, what I realized is you should never find yourself in the middle of the middle. There should be no such thing as the middle of the middle because and, and, and if you think about how we structure, or at least we try to structure our engagements is we, we create a beginning, middle and an end. So like, like the infinite project, the infinite effort is scary. So what do you do? You go to the end as fast as you can because yep. you're seeking certainty. It's the only thing, you know? Yep. So, so that goes back to the structural piece of you need to, you need to plan the pause. Yep. Now in terms of language, what's interesting I'd not, I'd not thought about this, mm -hmm. which I probably should have given that the name of the book is leadership is language. Do is a very red work term. It is. I want you to Now, What's interesting is to me, create is a little bit more blue work, but I think I realized in that sense, it's not mm -hmm. because that's what create a map. Yep. Shitty first draft. That's blue work. That's a blue yep. work term. And you know why shitty for, you know why shitty first, by the way, shitty first draft is a blue work term. First draft is a red work term. Yep. You know why? You know what the difference is? Yeah. You're, you're doing red work in the first, like in the first draft, you, you're, you, you haven't sat in the blue work. You, you haven't done the blue work. You're skipping steps. So, so why does the term shitty first draft, not that. And first draft is that. Because shitty first draft is just me getting it down and my initial thoughts. And then. Kind so of what's doing not collaboration in the term? It. What's not in the term "shitty first draft" that is in the term "first draft"? Shitty, <laughs> which takes away what? Judgment and shame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. See, there's no such thing as wrong in blue work. Yep. There's no such thing as wrong in blue work. There's a lot such thing. What's wrong with red work? So when you take, when you take the shame and when you take the judgment and the shame. Mm -hmm. out of it. Now, all of a sudden I'm free and we yep. go, Oh my God, I would, I would never show that to the client. You're like, of course this, I would never, this is my shitty first draft. Oh my God, this is horrible. Yeah. Awesome. I succeeded. It's shitty. Right. So, so there's an example of language. If you call it shitty first draft, it's blue work. If you call it first draft, because well, if it, if it's first draft of what? Yep. Right. So all, all those things come into that. That's where I think that communication side. Yep. So I want to kind of take a step back. How does this all apply? How does this all to play into RevOps? And why is this important for RevOps? So Jess, I think that you will now realize why you, you, you will see a new application of the genius and brilliance of what I, what I bring to the table. Um, <clears throat> because had, had we actually, had I actually hit the record button on July 1st, 2022, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have had this. Um, I wouldn't have this statement. And part of the reason I wouldn't have been able to say this is because the episode before this one on value mindset wouldn't have been recorded. Um, RevOps 
is inherently blue work. Oh, that's interesting. Sales marketing and customer success is inherently red work. Does that mean there's not red work in RevOps? No, of course there is. And does it mean there's not blue work in sales marketing success? Of course there is. But sales marketing and success is about more, 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 faster, 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 faster. Blue RevOps is more from less. So, so I finally saw this, um, someone used the term, speed is your only advantage. Rate of innovation, blah, 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 blah. Don't let people catch up. I want to go fast. I want to go fast. If you're not first, you're right. last. And, and I realized it's, you know, there, we, we talked about this balance before. One of the things that people don't realize, if I just keep doing stuff and doing stuff and doing stuff and doing stuff and doing stuff, A, a no one is suggesting that the alternative here is do nothing. But every time I add something, I'm, I'm putting more weight on things. It, it mm-hmm. is every ad is disruptive. And by the way, most ads are more disruptive than subtractions are. Do you know what the genius of Apple is? What? Genius. Uh, Apple is the genius, is the master, is the goat of subtraction. They took away the floppy disk. They took away Flash. They took away the CD. They took away the button. They took away the... Um, and what did everybody say when they took... Oh, no, this is not good. You. Right? Yep. What, it, what did that do? It made it easier to use. Right. Apple is the king of less. Right. By the way, yeah. Define great design is not when you, when there's nothing left to add. He says great design is when there's nothing less left to take out. And so, what what we're doing here, what we're what, what we're talking about, how does this relate to to um to RevOps? Mm-hmm. Do you know what function RevOps brings? Do you know what is the key to RevOps actually being truly accretive and adding value to the organization. They bring the market pause. They bring the what? Go to market pause. Oh, okay. Yeah. That wasn't what I was going to say. Zone one, zone two, zone three. Zone one is the performance zone. Zone two is the enablement zone, staging, operationalizing, systemizing. Zone three is the transformation zone. What's the company we're going to be, et cetera. What do most companies have? Zone three and zone one. What does mm-hmm. a year look like in a business? So, so the, the performance zone is 90 days. Mm-hmm. Performance zone one, performance zone two. It's performance, 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 performance. Right. Big picture, performance, 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 performance. Hey, my advantage is I am agile. Foot like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> I see this problem. Okay, let's fix it. Here's yep. something I learned. I got 99 problems. I always have 99 problems. And the only reason mm-hmm. I only have 99 problems is my counter doesn't go to three digits. <laughs> I got 99 problems. And so what happens when I fix a problem? A new one pops up. I see up. the next problem. And then I fix that problem. Yeah. And I fix that problem. And I fix that problem. And oh, by the way, you got this in- extraordinarily powerful thing called inertia going on. Yeah. And so people adjust here and they adjust there. And by the way, that used to be, that used to be me. And somebody once said to me, they said, Doug, I love your vision. I think you see things that other people don't see. Here's my problem. I feel like you're this new type of train at a major European train stop. So in Europe, there are train stops. All the like the, the 17 different rails are all there to be seen. It's not like. Oh, okay. Know. Okay. Yeah. So like, like and he's like, but what you're doing is you're like, okay, here's the train. No, wait, this train. No, wait, yeah. this train. No, wait, this train. No, wait, this train. No, we're in this oh, train. Oh, yeah. And he said, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit here in the bistro and I'm going to drink my espresso. I'm going to let you jump on all the trains because Doug, I have, a, and he was, he was not, there was no sarcasm here. Doug, I have a lot of confidence. Once you figured out what train we want to be on, I'll be there. Okay. But I can't keep jumping on the train. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I am sure. 90% of the people that are listening to the show right now go. And for those of us at Lyft that are going, yeah, this just be glad you weren't here five years ago. All right. We've gotten much be, better. Be so, be so glad. Right. But, 
but that's blue work, right? That's what Rev Yeah. says, okay, hold on. Yep. Hey, wait, let's, because by the way, when you're yep. doing this and you're 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 doing this, at best, you're treating symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and no one has any context. And, and this is what happens when you throw all kinds of change like that. You know what your key people do? You just ignore it. When everything is changing, I just ignore it. It's like, okay, yeah. well, hey, that's great. You know what? I just have to deal with them for yelling at me for up to 90 days because 90 days from now, they'll have something else that they're, you know, 90 days from now, they'll be, you know, they'll have yep. a lump about HR. So they'll, they'll yell at them and, and I can get back to, right? yep. I, like there's a, there's a big company that right now they're doing just like really stupid shit. And I can tell from, you know, some of the reps that I'm talking to that, that don't like it, but it's like, yeah, you know, I just got to, I just got to outlast this for three to six months because in the next three to six months, like they're not going to have the, they, they don't have the attention span to stay. Honest. Right. Yep. Yep. Cool. So I have a couple of uh, takeaways. Um, I really liked what you said about mixing blue work with red work is a devastating form of multitasking. Um, make sure that you plan your pauses and uh, RevOps is inherently blue work. I had never thought of that before, but I agree. Rev oh, RevOps, I'm sorry. I heard in my head, red work is inherently blue work. And I'm like, that would be extraordinarily meta. But no, RevOps is inherently blue work. Yes, yes. I was going to say, the, the words came out of your mouth first. Just... <laughs> no, 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 right. Rev, um, rev, RevOps is inherently blue work. But, yep. but here's something yep. else that I that I hadn't really articulated before that I think is also, I mean, I feel I feel tremendously arrogant to, to refer to what I'm about to something that I said earlier as insightful. Um, but one person's red work is another person's blue work at the same time. Right. Yep. It's not always yep. the case, but but that is mm-hmm. um, just another element of what that of what that is. All right, Jess. All right. I'm glad we got to do it. I don't know if I can handle two times next week. I don't think I can handle (laughs) that much fun. I don't think I could. I'm with you. I know. That is just too much fun. I can't believe we actually got this one recorded. Oh, Jess. (laughs) I can see that we're recording. (laughs) Now, I ask you this. Which episode was better? This one, this one or the was better. Episode? This one was better. This one was better. Until right. next time. Until next time. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps Show. We use red work and blue work around Lyft so often that it's ingrained into our language. The fact that RevOps is categorized as blue work is something I never realized until Doug mentioned it, but it makes a lot of sense. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about red work or blue work, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.